Welcome to Awaken and Empower, a podcast dedicated to creating a space for honest and true conversations on self-development, spirituality, and the intricacies of being human. It's hosted by me, Shaylin Ivany. I'm a self-empowerment coach on a mission to help women deepen their connection with themselves so they can live an authentic and meaningful life. And that's my intention with this show as well. This podcast is for anyone who is ready to unlock their inner wisdom and commit to the journey of deeply knowing, embracing, and honoring themselves. Awaken and Empower is a safe space where we can get real and dive deep into big and meaningful topics like identity and spiritual growth, inner work and mental health, and the meaning of the miracle it is to be here, alive and breathing and taking up space. Listen in for soul-centered inspiration, heartfelt advice, and personal stories that will guide you towards awakening your authentic self and living an empowered life. Hello everyone and welcome back to Awaken and Empower. Oh man, I have not said that in what feels like a very long time. I'm back to podcasting and it feels nerve-wracking and scary and a little uncomfortable, but it's all good. I'm so happy to be doing this again despite my nerves and trepidations. Just like with any creative break that I've taken, coming back feels clunky and it I know it'll just take some time to get back into the groove of things, so I'm just trying to show myself grace and remind myself that this is good for me, as scary as it is. This will help me, and this is what I love. For the past few weeks, I've been getting back into creativity after feeling completely uncreative for so long, and it's honestly felt like learning how to walk again. Creativity really is a muscle, and for me, especially after a time of self-disconnection and mental health struggles, it doesn't just come back automatically. I have to, like, train it in a way, and even schedule it into my day and intentionally create space for it. I know this doesn't really sound like a very feminine energy way of being creative, but for me, it's been necessary to literally put creativity time in my planner and prioritize that time, no matter how I'm feeling. And during that creativity time, I just let whatever comes to come, even if it sounds like complete garbage, I just do it and slowly it starts to flow and feel more me. So Even though I'm really nervous to be back to creating in this public way, again, I know it's necessary to do this and it's it's part of my healing. If you receive the Living Embrace letters, which I really hope you do, but if not, you can go to my website to sign up and I'll also put links in the show notes for that. Um, But I sent out my first email since December, a couple weeks back and writing it was hard, sending it sent a flurry of butterflies through my stomach, but it also felt freeing and brought me closer to my authentic voice again. 
I sent out another letter last week and also found the courage to post on my Instagram account again. If you're not following me on Instagram yet, you can find me at living.embrace. And of course, that was nerve-wracking as well, but I am taking baby steps and giving myself grace and just reminding myself that I just went through a really hard time, so I can go slow and just do my best. So even though creating for this episode is also hard and I'm battling with so much self-doubt and limiting thoughts and overwhelm, I know that creativity is one of the things that brings me back to life, brings me back to myself, and if anything I share can help even just one person out there who chooses to read my words or listen to me speak, it'll be worth it. So yes, with all that said, welcome back to the podcast. I'm trying to soak up all the newness energy of the first few days of spring. Um, I'm actually recording this on the first day of spring, uh, March 20th, and the new moon that's happening tomorrow for me, March 21st, but a couple days ago for you, if you're listening to this when it comes out. Um, And yeah, just embracing this blooming period that I feel I'm in after a long and dark winter, both seasonally and within myself. I'm slowly coming out of an intense time of pain mentally and emotionally and in terms of my identity as well, I guess you could say. And I've been welcoming the energy of transformative healing and taking steps in that direction in ways that I never have before. But we'll get more into that as we move through this episode. These past few months have been quite the time, to say the least, and As always, I just want to be honest and open and as real with you as I can because I believe there is so much power in sharing these parts of ourselves. I don't think it makes me appear weak or incapable or unable to do my job as a creator and self-empowerment coach. We all go through hard times, no matter who we are, and the hard times make us stronger, more resilient more aware of who we are deep in our core and this time has definitely shown me that and I'm continuing to learn more and more every day. So in this episode I'll be sharing from the heart about what's been going on for me lately, the intricacies of my hurting, the welcoming of my healing and my search for hope again. I always share my truth in hopes that it'll bring you closer to yours, and this episode is no exception. Our stories are our power, and I'm so grateful for this space to share mine for anyone out there who's listening. I really hope this helps you in some way. If anything, I hope it helps you feel a little less alone and more sure of who you are. I also just want to preface all of this by saying that I will be talking about mental illness and how that manifested for me, specifically depression and anxiety, so if you think that kind of talk just isn't something you can safely and comfortably listen to right now, maybe save this for another time. Just do whatever you need to do to take care of yourself first because I know from experience how triggering hearing these things can be sometimes. So yeah, I just want to make sure you're feeling ready to hear those kinds of things. And if you're not, that's completely okay. 
But if you are, then let's get into this journey of hurting, healing, and finding hope again. So, looking back now, I can see how hard the end of last year was for me, mentally and emotionally. I never fully bounced back from the difficult time I went through after returning from my trip to the UK. I talked about this on my podcast at the end of last year, but I went over to England for five weeks to visit my partner in August and September last year, which was an amazing experience. But returning to home life and navigating that transition was harder than I expected and took a toll on my inner world and really just brought up a lot of wounds that needed attention. I had some good moments and I was able to still create and do my work and live my life, but I think deep down I was still struggling and just trying to cover it up and just cope. And then the holidays rolled around and I really just wanted to feel okay and enjoy Christmas and all the festivities, so I tried my best to be happy and put on a smile, but again, deep down, I was still struggling. It was caused by a lot of things, some personal things in my life, and also it was caused by nothing at all, and it took me a while to realize how long it had been with me, so I had to come to terms with that and admit how depressed I was, how intense my anxiety had become. I was tired of pretending and I knew it was time to fully realize what I had been going through and how I had been feeling. This was around the end of December and I knew that first I had to admit it to myself and then I knew I needed to admit it to those I love and reach out for support. So I did admit it to myself, I did reach out and I have to admit, it was really hard to try to explain out loud the state that I had been in for so long. The way I've been describing it and the way that makes the most sense to me is that it felt like I was at the bottom of a very deep hole and I was lying there unable to move, I was stuck, I couldn't get up, and at the top of this deep hole, I could see a glimmer of light. So I knew hope was a possibility, but I couldn't reach it. It was so far and high up away from me. And I didn't even have the will to reach for it. And also along the sides of this hole, there were steps leading up to the top. Each step representing something that I knew logically would help me feel better and would help me reach that hope and that light way up there at the top. But again, I was stuck, and I couldn't move, and even more than that, I didn't want to move. I realized that for a long time, I had been feeling pretty much all of the typical symptoms of depression. Hopelessness, no motivation, living on autopilot, disinterest in things that used to interest me. I was also very critical of myself and experienced a lot of self-doubt. I had a really hard time falling asleep every night, so every day I was exhausted 
and then every night I couldn't fall asleep. It sounds horrible to say, but most mornings I would wake up and just wish I wasn't awake. And I got to a really scary low point where I just didn't even want to try to help myself anymore. I chose to stay at the bottom of that hole. I wanted to be there, even though I knew how much pain it was causing me. The alternative just seemed too overwhelming. I didn't have the energy or the willpower or the desire to try to feel better. I've been depressed before and I've lived with anxiety pretty much my whole life, but this felt different. This felt more all-encompassing than it ever has. It put a dark cloud over everything and fogged up my vision and made even happy things fall flat. You know, I remember feeling glimmers of happiness sometimes, but in the back of my mind, I would be like reminding myself that, oh, soon, you know, you're just going to fall back into the darkness, fall back into that hole. These feelings were caused by many things and also nothing at all, like I said, and they also came with so much shame because I do have a good life. I kept asking myself why I couldn't just be happy. Yeah, life is hard and there are things I'd like to change and so many things I'm still trying to figure out. But overall, I have a good life. All of my basic needs are met and then some. And I'm blessed in so many ways. But depression and anxiety don't care about that. They'll come for anyone. And I had to realize that I can't control that. It's a sickness. It's mental illness, and it's a part of me that needs nurturing and healing. In the moment, this depression and anxiety feels unbearable in ways I can't explain. It feels like the most pointless and worst thing ever, and there's no way that this feeling can be teaching me something. But it's also a siren cry for help, an indication to turn inward, an opportunity to face yourself and truly see who you are and learn how to care for yourself, how to ask for help, and how to heal. It took me a long time to get to that point of wanting to help myself again, but I got there, and I'm still trying to stay there, and even though I still find myself at the bottom of that hole sometimes, I now have a little more energy every day to reach for those steps that'll guide me to the top to the light that'll make me feel alive again. Like I said, I've lived with depression and anxiety most of my life and I've done so much work to understand this part of me and cope with it and heal it as best as I can. A big part of why I started this work with writing and living embrace and coaching is to help others with the inner work that I finally dedicated myself to a few years ago. My work comes from a very personal place because I've experienced these things and I continue to and I've learned how to turn inward and help myself. I was at a time a few years ago where I didn't know who I was or what I wanted in life and I turned that pain into my purpose of helping people deepen their connection with themselves so they can live a more authentic and meaningful life. I helped them answer the question, who am I? And also, what do I really want in life? And following those answers is just the ultimate act of self-empowerment. 
And in order for me to help others do this, I needed to first do it for myself. So, yeah, needless to say, I've done a lot of work on myself, a lot of inner work, a lot of learning how to nurture my mental health and my self-empowerment. But this time around, it felt like specifically my anxiety and depression was getting to a point that felt uncontrollable. I couldn't cope anymore. Everything that I had been doing to help myself was falling flat. And like I said, I just didn't even want to help myself anymore. This was the hardest phase I've been through since my, what I call, quarter-life crisis. (laughs) That first year and a half as a university graduate. That dark time where I realized I didn't know who I was or what I wanted. That time that eventually led me to doing the inner work for the first time and then launching Living Embrace at the beginning of 2019. This time, depression was clouding over everything and my anxiety was just getting worse and worse. So I knew I needed to make some changes. So like I said, I reached out for help in several different ways. I opened up to my loved ones and the people I trust most in life. And of course, they were supportive and did what they could to help me and support me. In addition to their support, I saw a counselor and Even though our sessions didn't go as deep as I had hoped they would, it was still helpful to verbalize my feelings to an unbiased person and receive support that way. So I am grateful for those sessions and for that experience and for the help that I received from my counselor. I also met with my family doctor and then later on a psychiatrist and I embarked on an avenue of healing that I never had before, and that was trying antidepressant medication for the first time. Now, I know there may be mixed opinions out there about taking medication for your mental health. I myself had mixed opinions for a long time. I think there's unfortunately still a bit of a stigma with this topic, And I've especially noticed this in the spiritual self-development space. You know, we're told that we have everything we need within us and to tap into our inner strength and do the breath work and the meditating and the yoga and all the natural ways to take care of ourselves. And I advocate for all this myself too. I partake in that and I share the value of all of that. I think a lot of my hesitancy to try medication came from that, but also my upbringing. So I had to do a lot of reflecting to get really clear on what I actually think about all this. And the truth is, I believe we should all have the right to do whatever the heck we want to take care of ourselves. I do believe we have everything we need within us. But I also believe sometimes humans just need external support, and that can come in the form of medication. This type of medication saves lives, because when you get right down to it, mental illness is an illness. It's often caused by some sort of imbalance in the brain that can be explained by science. And so, just like when you're physically ill, if you're mentally ill, you should have the option to take medication without feeling guilty or wrong or weak. I really had to convince myself that just because I wanted to try medication didn't mean I was any less spiritual. 
I also had some limiting voices in my head trying to tell me that because I wanted to try medication, all of the inner work and practices and quote-unquote natural roots that I have been doing to take care of myself over the years had all been for nothing. Well, no, that's just not true. I was simply wanting to add another element to my healing. And I have to say, I'm so glad I did. Bringing this new resource into my healing has been a game changer, but it took a little while to get there. Getting onto this medication is definitely a process that should not be taken lightly. And I'll, of course, just be sharing my experience. Everyone's experience will be different. And, of course, you need to consult your doctor and other professionals if needed if you choose to go through this route. So, yeah, I just want to emphasize that this is my experience. I'm not trying to persuade anyone one way or another. I'm simply sharing what I went through and how it has impacted me. And so, yeah, like I said, everyone is so different. So, you just got to do what, what feels best for you and what professionals um, guide you towards doing. So, like I said, I consulted with my family doctor and then a few weeks after that, I went to see a psychiatrist for the first time. After speaking with my family doctor and getting her to assess me and my situation, she put me on a medication that unfortunately had more of a negative effect on me. I went through some tough side effects on it. It made me feel really out of it and tired and just really low energy and even more not myself than I had already been. Thankfully, I wasn't on that one very long. I think maybe three weeks or so. And then I went to the psychiatrist who was able to do a more thorough examination of my situation. One of the things that professionals will do when evaluating your depression and anxiety is that they'll get you to fill out an evaluation where you rank various statements based on how much you relate to them. Things like levels of motivation, hopelessness, sleep, etc. I've done this a few times throughout my life with doctors, but this one with the psychiatrist was the most thorough one I've ever done. And my score very much surprised me. I fell into the severe slash clinical depression range. And in that moment when he told me my score, I realized that I had gotten so used to my depression and anxiety that I couldn't even notice how bad it had gotten. It had become my natural state and that was pretty scary. But that appointment with the psychiatrist was extremely helpful. I left feeling much more informed and also determined to help myself. He prescribed me a different kind of medication, so I had to stop taking the one that I was on for three days before I could start the new one. And that came with a whack of surprising and not-so-fun withdrawal effects, which included a full-body rash, but it was okay. The withdrawal effects cleared up by the third day, and I've been on this new medication ever since. I've been on it for almost a month and a half now. Um, at the beginning, I experienced some difficult side effects as my body adjusted to this new medication, but 
For the past few weeks, I've been feeling much better than I have in months, maybe even years. When I started on this medication journey, I didn't really know what to expect in terms of positive effects. It might sound strange, but I honestly didn't know how I would know that I was feeling better. But now I do. Being on this medication has been an immense help in terms of getting back to the real me. I'm lucky that it only took a couple of tries to find a good fit because I knew going into it that this journey could take a long time and a lot of trial and error and navigating some nasty side effects and the idea of that was scary, but so far the pill I'm on feels right. Before, I was in such a fog. Everything was clouded over by the depression and anxiety. I was constantly in my head and feeling hopeless. It would take me hours to fall asleep. I've had trouble falling asleep my whole life, but it gets especially worse when I feel anxious and depressed. I was always overwhelmed and unmotivated and had no energy. Getting through the day every day felt like an impossible task. When you're really in it, like I was, it's hard to see a way out. But the combination of this medication and the small things I started doing to feel more myself led me towards healing. Now, I'm much more clear-headed. I fall asleep quicker and I sleep deeper. I feel motivated again. I don't get overwhelmed as easily. I'm not as obsessive or worried or scared Yes, I still have hard moments, but it feels like my overall mental and emotional equilibrium is higher than it used to be. My baseline used to be very low, and it's been slowly rising. Just the fact that I'm doing this episode right now is proof that things are working, because a couple months ago, the idea of doing anything creative, and especially publicly, would send me into a pit of anxiety. That hole I was talking about earlier, that deep hole that I was stuck in for so long, staring at the steps that would lead me to the top with the light, I've been rising out of it. First, it was just a matter of sitting up, finding the energy to hold myself upright. Then it was slowly reaching for those steps and very slowly climbing them. Getting up out of that hole took time and it's honestly still happening. I'm still climbing those steps but I finally feel strong enough to rise. I have the willpower to rise again. I'm proud of myself for asserting agency in terms of taking care of my mental health, and I feel like I've been making changes in ways that I never have before. It's invigorating and exciting, but also scary and intimidating. I still wake up and wonder if the darkness will overcome me that day, and sometimes it does. But overall, I feel so much better, so much more awake and alive, and so much more me. And that's really all I can ask for. Before I go any further, because I do have a couple more things I want to say, I just wanted to share a poem by one of my favorite poets, Rupi Kaur. This poem popped up on my Instagram feed when I was really in the darkness of it all, and it resonated with me so much. She so beautifully puts into words what depression and recovery can feel and look like, and I saw myself in her words, and I just think it's so beautiful, so I thought I'd share it here with you. 
So the poem is called Depression Doesn't Knock. If you asked me before it happened, I would have told you that if depression knocked on my door, I would have recognized it in an instant. I would have smelled it coming. The flock of birds outside my window would have signaled its arrival. I knew every single symptom off the top of my head. I'm the one who diagnosed at least half my friends. There was no way it was going to get past me. But depression didn't knock when it arrived. It slid through an open window when I wasn't looking. I didn't notice when it stepped inside. It must have slipped into me while I was sleeping. By the time I realized this wasn't a sadness I was experiencing, the sickness had its nails clawed so deep into the fibers of my mind I couldn't tell what parts were it and what parts were me anymore. I blamed my past. I blamed my work. I blamed everything until there was nothing left to blame and the thought of dying became the only thing that calmed me. And death should terrify normal people, yet here I was acting like it was some sort of solution. Clearly I needed help, so I began my search for a therapist. And let me tell you, finding the right therapist is like dating. You gotta go and try out all these different ones until you find a person that you click with and the best ones are always taken. From Monday to Friday that week, I met with a different therapist a day until I found one I felt some chemistry with. In our first session together, I asked, Will this ever go away? Will I be happy? She said, Oh honey, our hour's up. I went home and signed up for meditation, but I ran out halfway because my thoughts got so loud I couldn't take them anymore. And then I tried yoga hoping I could downward facing dog the depression away. Then I met a transformation coach who said all I needed to do was reprogram my thoughts and make them more positive, which sounded like too much responsibility. No thank you. My doctor said exercising an hour every day should help, and I wanted to ask my doctor, how the hell am I supposed to do that when I barely have the energy to leave my bed? I ordered 25 books about depression and proceeded to read every single one which made me more depressed. The irony is this is a lot of work for anyone, so imagine how it is for someone with a sickness that makes moving feel impossible most days. It's a battle to get up out of bed and walk out the door. I want a standing ovation for every person who wakes up and moves toward the sun when there is a shadow pulling them back on the inside. I want a parade. I want music. I want confetti for the ones surviving in silence. Depression is a lonely disease. There's no cure that fits all. It's trial and error and I am trying my best to have hope for the love of my life. I'll keep greeting each morning with an I will, even when it feels like I can't. I will. I will. I will meet a day that will melt to me. I will move and the sadness will fall off my shoulders to make room for joy. I will be full of color one day. I will feel alive again. Oh, I just love that poem. Even just reading it out loud just reminded me how powerful it is and how much I relate to it. Like I can literally feel tears coming to my eyes right now <laughs> um yeah that's it that 
that's it. This poem so beautifully puts words to the experience of depression. And it also relates to something I've been thinking a lot about because I've been going through it and prioritizing it, and that is healing. And what healing looks like for me and how different it can be depending on the person. I sent out a Living Embrace letter to my email list about this last week and also made an Instagram post about it, my first post since end of December. Again, if you're not receiving the letters or following me on Instagram, I'd really love if you did because I put my heart and soul into these, especially the Living Embrace letters, and it's just really one of my top favorite ways to connect with my little community. So anyways, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about this. And I think healing is, of course, something we're constantly going through. We're always healing in some way. It's just a matter of how conscious we are with it and how intentional and committed to it we are. I think it's always happening at a subconscious level, but the real magic comes when you pay attention to it and take time for self-reflection and also take aligned action to really sink deeper into your healing. For me, healing has been a series of small choices every single day. That's really where it started for me. When I get stuck in anxiety and depression, it's typically hard for me to make decisions and choices, especially this time around. I just didn't have the energy or the willpower to make choices, let alone healthy choices or choices that would serve me and my self-care. And so... There came a time where I had to just muster the courage to make small choices, just to remind myself that I could. I didn't have to let the whirlwind of anxiety take me away or the soul-crushing weight of depression keep me down. Even making the smallest of choices reminded me of my agency and, even more than that, my empowerment. I think one of the biggest parts of self-empowerment is simply making choices and decisions that feel right to you. And so, yeah, the starting point was really reminding myself of my ability to make choices that feel good. It may sound simple, but it really took a lot of time and it also made a huge difference. I was in such a hard place that I needed the simplest starting point like that, the smallest baby step. And from there, I could build up. I think healing has also been doing things to remind myself of who I am and what fills me up. It's been about finding joy and holding space for pain. It's been tuning in to my inner voice, receiving the support of others. It's been crying my eyes out until there's nothing left but relief and peace. Healing is learning to walk so you can run learning to plant your roots so you can bloom, and learning to carry yourself so you can carry others. Like I wrote in my letter last week to my email list, healing is discovering the beauty in the things that broke you. It's showing yourself forgiveness, compassion, and grace. It's asking for support and reminding yourself that you don't have to go through hard times alone. Healing is the daily practice of waking up and choosing yourself. Healing is creating space to hear your intuition and allowing your inner voice to guide the way. It's letting yourself feel it all. It's the laughter that spills out of your mouth and catches you by surprise. 
Healing is the free flow of tears and the peaceful release they leave behind. Healing is remembering the joy of simple pleasures. It's giving yourself permission to want what you desire. It's hurting still, but remembering you can hold that hurt and survive. Healing is what wakes you up and brings you back to life. Healing is a lot of things, but most of all, it's the energy that brings you to a fuller understanding of who you are and a deeper connection to your authentic self. Healing is hard and beautiful and messy and powerful. Healing is necessary for building emotional and mental resilience, creating spiritual clarity, and living a more awakened and empowered life. So, yeah, those are my thoughts on healing at this point in my life and in the current phase of my healing journey. Something else that really helped me was that back in mid-February, I was fortunate enough to go on a family trip to Mexico. This is a trip that we've had planned since 2019. We were supposed to go in 2020, but then you know what happened, pandemic. So we had to postpone and postpone and postpone again. And so we finally got to take this trip, me, my sister, and my parents. And it was such divine timing. I had just started my current medication, so I was worried about side effects as my body was still adjusting to it, but thankfully I had about a few days of side effects. Some nausea and low energy and just feeling a little out of it, but not nearly as bad as my first pill. And those side effects lasted until like right up until the day we left. And then I felt good and I felt good all week. It was so nice to have a change of environment and be in the sunshine for a little while. We had great weather while we were there, and the trip was just a really good balance of relaxation and adventure. I think that week was the beginning of me actually starting to feel truly better, and I didn't know if it was just the fact that I was on vacation or if the pills were starting to work, but whatever it was, it was nice to feel good. I was so grateful and I still am for the timing of that trip. It really was divine timing and my soul needed that. One of the most notable things we did was we got the chance to tour an underground cave and river called Rio Secreto. It was insanely cool. The Rio Secreto team does an amazing job of conserving these caves. They didn't just turn it into a tourist trap. All the money made goes towards conservation of this beautiful natural wonder. I have never done anything like this. It was incredible. Words can't describe how awe-inspiring it was. Like, I was fully in awe the whole time. We walked and swam and navigated this thousands-of-year-old cave system. It was so cool. Highly recommend giving Rio Secreto a Google if you're interested to see what it looks like. Um, how you spell it is R-I-O-S-E-C-R-E-T-O. Um, but one of the most profound moments of that tour and of the whole trip, to be honest, happened when our tour guide got us all to stop in one area of the cave and turn off the flashlights on our helmets and close our eyes. And when we opened our eyes, she had turned off her tour guide flashlight as well, so it was pitch black 
like the blackest black I've ever seen with my eyes open. It felt like my eyes were still closed. And then she got us to get really quiet for a few moments so we could listen to the silence. And I was all pumped and ready to have this profound, soul-opening spiritual moment in the silence of these magnificent caves. But then, right after we were told to be quiet, my dad's stomach grumbled. And then my mom started giggling. Then my sister started giggling. Then my dad... They were trying their best to be super quiet, but I could hear them. And in the moment, I was like, damn it, I was trying to have a moment here, people, and you're all just being silly. So yeah, I was disappointed a little bit. But later on, as I thought more about that moment, I realized it was still profound and it was still spiritual because it was the perfect representation of how the spiritual can really be meshed into real life and it doesn't have to be taken so seriously. The silence of the caves is just as spiritual as the laughter of my family and in that moment, I had both. And I also was gifted a reminder that if we choose to welcome it, spirit is always with us. All of life can be approached spiritually and we don't have to be so serious about it. Everything is everything. So yeah, I'm grateful for that moment and that reminder. Other than that, we had so much fun on this trip, tried a lot of new things, indulged a little bit. And yeah, it was just a family experience that I'll always be grateful for. And like I said, it was such divine timing. I was worried about transitioning back to home life and going straight from summer weather to winter weather because I'd never done that before. This was my first trip to like a tropical location, but surprisingly, it was okay. I was a little out of it for a couple days. It felt like jet lag, but it couldn't have been because there was no time difference between where we were in Mexico and where I live. <laughs> It just took me a couple days to readjust, I guess. But yeah, thankfully the transition wasn't as tough as I thought it would be. And now, here I am. Still trying to be really intentional with my healing and just taking things day by day. Overall, I'm feeling a lot more myself. I'm happy to be back into creating again and just continuing to reconnect with myself. I'm grateful for the positive effects of my medication and I don't feel any shame for admitting that I'm on medication. It's been a necessary part of my healing. I don't want to be on them forever, but I know I need them for now. And, you know, I've just been thinking about how important they've been to my healing and how necessary it's been to take that step because this medication has just really provided me with the mental clarity and the energy to do everything else that I'm trying to do to heal and feel better. So in a way, this medication has really helped lay the groundwork for all the other things that are helping me rise back up into myself. And I, I'm just so grateful that I pushed aside all the doubts and the fears and just decided to try. And I'm grateful that I found a good fit and I received the support I needed when I was on that journey of trying medication for the first time. I'm hopeful for the future. I'm feeling inspired and motivated again. I'm still having hard days, but really just grateful that I've risen and continue to rise out of that hole that I was in for so long. 
if I were to impart any wisdom or final advice, I guess, onto you to summarize what I've shared in this episode, it would be to hold space for your hurting, intentionally immerse yourself in your healing, and know that no matter how hard things get, there is always the possibility of hope. If you find yourself at the bottom of your own hole, wondering how the heck you're going to reach the light at the top, trust that you'll find the strength to reach for those steps. Surrender to your healing process, whatever it looks like. Have faith that the light that you're seeing at the top, which looks so far away and inaccessible, it's there for you, waiting patiently. Treat yourself with compassion and grace, and you will get through this. And I know that when it's happening, it feels like you'll never get through it. Trust me, I was there and I've been there. And when I'm there, I'm there for a long time. (laughs) But there's always hope. There's always light. That light is always waiting for you. You just got to find the ways that feel best to you to rise up and, and reach it. So I'm hoping and planning to get consistent with this podcast again, trying my best to return to the normal creation and publication schedule of new episodes every other Thursday. Like I said, I will try my best with that. I also want to do some conversation episodes again, including some repeat guests. There's one I know for sure I'm going to do first, and I'm really excited to record with this amazing woman and soul sister of mine, so get excited for that. And yeah, I'll just continue showing up as authentically and truly as I can, and I will continue trying to serve you as best as I can. Thank you so much for listening to this long and honest reflection type episode. As always, I hope hearing my truth brings you a little bit closer to yours. Make sure you're subscribed to the show so you never miss an episode. Leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts if you'd like. That would be a huge help to me. And share the show with other people who you think would enjoy it too. And head to my website, livingembrace.ca, to learn more about how we could work together and how I can serve you as your self-empowerment coach. I've been coaching throughout this healing time, which I was a bit wary about at first, just because I want to make sure that I'm in a good enough mind state to serve my clients at 100%. But yeah, it's been great. In sessions, I'm able to get out of my own head and just coach and hold space and support the client I'm with. And that's also been an incredible and empowering part of this journey, you know, reminding myself that I can still do this, that I am meant to do this. And in addition to my coaching, like I said before, be sure to sign up for the Living Embrace letters. You can do that on my website when you sign up for any of the free resources that I offer. And I'll put links for those resources and to sign up for the Living Embrace letters in the show notes as well as my Instagram accounts. You can give me a follow at living.embrace. And you can also contact me anytime at my email, which is shaylinivney at livingembrace.ca. And yeah, I think that's all I wanted to say. Just thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you endlessly. Reach out to me if you want to chat or if you have any questions. And until next time, I'm sending you so much love and I will talk to you in the next episode. Bye.